Welcome to Get Jashed, a conversation series where guests share their stories and how they learn, deal with, practice, screw up, and rise in leadership and communication. I'm your host, Jess Jash, founder and head creator at Jay Lee, where I help impact positive change in high performance teams. I believe there is more than one way to do leadership and communication, so here we are. If you want to know more about how you or your team can work with me, head to j-lee, that's l-e-i-g-h dot com dot au. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Get Jashed. This morning I have with me Mia Vreens. Mia is a former tennis player, a top Australian junior. She went to college and played tennis at Florida State University where she studied sports management and was captain of the women's tennis team in her final two years. Uh, back in Australia, Mia has qualified in Elite Athlete Wellbeing and is working at the Queensland Academy of Sport in Personal Development, which is how we met. So thanks so much for joining me, Mia. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jess. It's good to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I wanted to bring you on. So these interviews are really a conversation around leadership and communication and how it can show up in different areas and just sharing different perspectives around that. And I wanted to bring you on because you have a really great perspective as um, being an athlete and being in that world and then being on the other side and supporting athletes, um, which is something that I obviously care a lot about as well. So um, I think that there's a lot that you can share there and in just terms of, in terms of giving that perspective in terms of leadership and communication. Um, so first of all, I want to talk about leadership in sports and as a captain of a team especially at that level what what level would you call that that you're at the col- col- collegiate level collegiate level um yeah it's a it's a high level um of sport i guess um a lot of athletes at that level do go professional afterwards um so a lot of them use it as a stepping stone into the professional um sports scene mm-hmm. um others kind of will have their college career and, and finish up but it's certainly an elite and high level of sport. Awesome. So uh, can you talk a little bit about how leadership showed up as like as a captain, especially at that level for you? Yeah, for sure. So um, it was quite interesting for me because tennis is obviously a very individual sport. Um, so throughout my days playing as a junior, there'd never really been um, too much of a sense of leadership or, you know, a a position where I was ever in a leadership position. It's just not as common in tennis. Um, And then you get to, um, you go over to college and suddenly you're in a team environment for the first time, um, kind of in your life at that level. Um, And leadership for me, it was never something that I, um, you know, really, I never desired to be in a leadership position necessarily. It just kind of hadn't come to mind. And I guess throughout my first couple of years at um, college and leading into my final years where I was um, team captain, I just kind of naturally progressed into that um, position. Um, and I think it's, again, it's quite interesting because everyone within the team has come from that individual background where it's always been kind of about about yourself, um, which is kind of just the nature of tennis. And then suddenly you're all in this team, so everyone sort of has to work together. Um, so it, it's it's a very new and different environment for everyone. Um, I guess um, the way that it kind of developed for me is just how I am as a person and the way that I communicate with people. And 
I've always found it quite easy to, to get along with everyone and um, people usually end up coming to me with, um, you know, things going on and um, have been able to kind of be very empathetic um, towards them. And that's, I guess, how I transitioned into those leadership um, roles and being um, the team captain. Um, and I... I, obviously everyone's got their strengths and their, and their, their weaknesses um, in those roles. But yeah, my strengths definitely lied within that ability to understand um, all of the different girls on the team coming from different backgrounds, but wanting a similar goal and um, getting the most out of them individually. Um, but then as a team and in this new environment of, of working together in a sport, that's typically an individual sport. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, I was thinking about how that worked as well. Like tennis teams, when beyond playing doubles, I guess, like there isn't much, you don't see much of a team in itself. So um, that definitely gives an idea of that. Did you, so, cause you went to college in the States. Yeah. You find that there's a difference between Australia and the United States in so far as leadership and communication within sports? Um, yeah, I, I think there is. Um, I think um the different so actually on my team um when I was at college um we had girls from a whole lot of different countries um and we had a couple Americans as well and I think um in general um Americans respond to um a, a different type of leadership um in terms of really just finding ways to be motivated you know be really intense and um you know this is the end goal and um kind of that real style of getting pumped up and um that type of leadership whereas i found um and this is kind of coming from my background and um you know the the girls from um other kind of countries responded to a bit more of a um I guess a real understanding and um, this is kind of what I, um, what I want out of it. And um, you know, this is how I work um, best and I really need to be connected to, to why I, you know, play tennis and be reminded of that sometimes when it gets tough. Um, I think, um, yeah, just that different way of kind of communicating, I guess, um, and what um, got the best out of them. Um, but I definitely think there is, um, yeah, quite a bit of a difference just in kind of the, the nature of how that message is communicated. Um, and I think you see that with a lot of college coaches as well. Um, they often adapt their style quite a lot if they have a number of international players on the team. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's about meeting people at, uh, at their level of understanding or at their motivations, whatever that motivation is. And sometimes yeah. it can be like cultural, you know, in an essence of being products of their environment and what they're used to, but it can also yeah. be about finding their why as well exactly and that and that is just so different obviously across culture cultures across different countries so um yeah there is it is quite obvious to see those differences and um i guess with a lot of international um players they're kind of adjusting to you know being away from home as well kind of moving their life for um you know four or five years yeah meeting new people um kind of navigating through those cultural differences so they need a different level of, um, I guess, leadership and support, um, especially initially compared to, um, yeah, maybe some of the Americans who are, um, you know, a few hours from home. They've been kind of um, imagining this college life for so long. It's something that they're very familiar with. Um, so, yeah, I think that was certainly like a, a big aspect of the kind of leadership role within the team as well and understanding those cultural differences. Yeah, awesome. 
so with your communication with athletes now, with having that background as being an elite athlete, is there a difference there in how you communicate or how you find ways to communicate with them now or lead even, or is there similarities? What's that like? Um, I think for me, um, the, the nature of my um, leadership, whether that was in the kind of more formal setting or um, more informal amongst, you know, friends and family and whatnot um, has very much stayed the same um, because a lot of that for me is around kind of that understanding of people and, um, you know, showing empathy and, you know, um, listening and um, really understanding them as people, um, not just as athletes, but as, as people and their life outside of sport as well. Um, so I think, that's how I approached um, a lot of my leadership when I was in the States um, with the girls on the team. And that's very much so how I approach the work that I do with my athletes around that individual understanding of them as people, um, as well as athletes. Um, and yeah, really taking the time to understand um, what it is they want out of their sport, um, as well as life as well. Um, so I think in a sense, to be honest, it's, it's stayed quite the same. Um, and I'm still navigating my way through um, the best way to, to get um, the most out of the athletes. And there's so many different different types of people. So obviously that's, that style is often adjusted as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite the same, to be honest. I'm still learning things all the time, the more, the more people you meet with. Um, but yeah, overall quite similar. Yeah, and like because you work in athlete well-being now, and it and it kind of makes sense because in essence your approach to um, captaincy and to leadership and being part of a team as an athlete was always sounds like it was always about the well-being aspect of how can we connect and have this as an overall well-being element in how we move forward and how we work together versus win-win-win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and I think that's. I think that's why I ended up being in those um, sort of those captain positions because um, that was just naturally very easy for me to do that with people, not even thinking of it in a sense of leadership. It was just kind of um, a lot to do with how my personality and what I've always been like with my friends and, and whatnot. And that just kind of naturally happened. And I guess, um, you know, a lot of the girls, and it probably had a lot to do with the fact that a lot of them were um, international players um, that obviously sat well with them and, um, kind of made them feel, I guess, safe and secure and which allowed them to perform well um, also. So, um, yeah, that's probably naturally how that kind of just happened and then I ended up in that leadership position without even really thinking it was necessarily going to go there. Yeah, yeah. I think that says a lot for the qualities in leadership that maybe haven't been highlighted as much, like, in previous years as they are in more recent years is is that that is a quality of leadership and that sort of that can happen naturally or you can do it on purpose but it's really inherent along the way yeah yeah for sure um again for me it's it's the biggest um biggest thing for my style of leadership and how I kind of can help um guide or get the most out of people um is that sort of ability to um well listen um you know ask questions really understand them um again as as people and as athletes or professionals um and let them talk to you and tell them your story um I think when given the chance people people really do love to do that um but often it, 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 sometimes it can be too much about maybe just, yeah, like win, 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 or come on, let's go get it done. Um, and yeah, I think that has shifted a lot. Um, 
And that's very evident even in this new space of athlete wellbeing and development, the fact that there's so much priority um, being taken in that area, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it is it's such an important skill um, in leadership, formal or informal, um, just really having that ability to listen and understand. Um, and I think a lot of that often starts with understanding and self-awareness around yourself first too. Yeah, definitely. Um, which actually leads to my next question. <laughs> Having that understanding for yourself, do you have a moment growing up where you first really recognised what leadership or communication was? Or was it because you've spoken a little bit about like how that always was for you growing up, but was there a moment there or was it very different at like a stark contrast at one point and it kind of shifted? Yeah. Um, to be honest, um, I don't have any moments really that I can pinpoint where it kind of switched where I thought, oh, that was, um, you know, a, a true example of what I see to be leadership and that's kind of changed my way of doing things. Um, but overall, um, I think it has a lot to do just with both of my parents, to be honest, and and how they've acted or, you know, how I've seen them do things growing up. Um, my mum has a real, um, you know, very empathetic very kind, always takes the time to listen to people. Um, and I've certainly taken that on board naturally. And that's really helped me, um, or contribute to, I guess, my leadership qualities. Um, and also my, my dad, he's always been, um, a successful, um, business owner. And, um, I've been around that since I was a kid, um, up until still today. And the way that he's always gone about, um, treating his staff and you know treating everyone with respect and regardless of of what role you play in the business um you know your work is is very um valued and you contribute to the overall success and um no one is more important than anyone else everyone's role is um you know at the same level and rewarding um hard work of everyone as well um and that was always you know a huge part of how he did business and i guess i've seen that growing up um all the time I still see it today and the way that he, he goes about that. Um, so I think, you know, I've not really thought about this much before until I was having this chat with you and I watched um, the one from last week and I thought, oh, I better have a think about that. Um, but I'd never really thought of it like that. But um, there's a lot of similarities, I guess, with my approach to, to people, again, in an informal or formal setting um, that comes straight from the way my dad's gone about um, his leadership approach and then also some of the qualities from my mum. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think like when we can kind of reflect on those moments, whether it's parents or other people or our own kind of um, light bulb moments that we can then kind of start to do it on purpose as well. We're like, oh yeah, that really landed. And that's why I like it. Cool. Now I can replicate more of it and just keep doing that approach more on purpose because that really works. or that feels really good and it feels aligned with me. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, that's something that um, has been um, a bit of a work in progress for me um, more recently in um, my new job role and kind of just being a bit more exposed to um, leadership talks or workshops. Um, and because I've just quite naturally um, ended up or, you know, being captain of the women's tennis team, it just kind of happened naturally or um, within my friend group, um, you know, often they like to chat to me about things and, 
but I've never really taken the time to really think about like what, why is that or what is it that you do? Um, and once you do have that understanding, obviously, like you said, it, it really helps you to, to replicate that more often or really build on those strengths. Um, so I think, yeah, it's super important to kind of have that self check-in and think about what am I really doing well? Um, and also understanding, you know, different areas where you can try a little bit more of or, or learn more in. So, um, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, where do you feel like you get, so like what aspects do you feel like you get leadership and how you communicate really, really right, really well? Um, I think, um, and I mean, I touched on it a little bit earlier as well, but um, in terms of communication, like just really taking the time to listen um, and yeah, show that understanding and being very non-judgmental. Um, and I think that's what has often helped people to feel very comfortable in, in chatting to me and, and therefore helping them kind of come up with um, different plans or a bit of guidance to help get the most out of themselves. Um, so I think, again, that's just so natural for me. I, I'm happy to sit and chat with anyone and nothing really phases me too much about where someone's at or, or what's gone on in the past. And um, I think they feel that on their end. Um, I think one area um, or the biggest area for me, I think, that I'm still working on is continuing to be aware of asking lots of questions um, and I think sometimes taking more of a backseat. Um, I think um, obviously it's always good to, to give really, really great advice if, if you can and if you know it, but I think I'm really trying to focus on um, whether it be talking with my athletes, um, you know, or friends or whatever setting it is, um, asking really good questions um, and getting them to, to come up with more themselves and kind of guide themselves through that and you just kind of facilitating it. Um, and I think that's come out of a number of like little workshops I've done recently um, and an area that I want to improve on. So I think that's, yeah, definitely something I can keep working on. That's awesome. That's actually, that was my next question. So my last question, <laughs> where do you feel like there's room for improvement? Um, I'm going to say within the athlete realm, like that can be within your industry as an athlete or otherwise, but where do you feel like there's room for improvement in leadership and communication? From me personally or just in general? Um, within the athlete realm, because you've already answered from me personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, within the athlete realm, um, I think it's just so, it's so different across athletes and sports. Um, and I think communication is, um, it can get quite lost between all the different parts that are involved within sport. Um, I think people need to be really proactive in understanding what those kind of lines of communication look like um, and making sure the athletes aren't getting um, sort of bombarded or even confused as to, to who they're hearing from. Um, and it can often be from a number of different sources on um whatever it is that you're trying to help them with. And it's all done with good intentions. Um, but I think that communication line really needs to be kind of clear from the start and the support staff around the athlete need to work together very closely um, to get the, the best out of them. Um, yeah. I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but um, yeah. Cause it's not to say that it's being done wrong. It's just more about like, and, and that's why it's good to reflect like on ourselves, but also on our industries or in the groups that we're in, whatever they are, like just sort of where we can do things a little more on purpose. Yeah. Even if it's sort of, well, if it's getting there, but it's like, where are we actually directing this? Where do we want to direct it to go? So 
yeah definitely that definitely touched on an incident so yeah and I was going to say on that as well I think um I think in terms of communication and leadership um, within within sport and for athletes, um, we've touched on it a couple of times, but this idea of well-being and personal development um, is becoming a bigger part and being embedded within um, sporting programs. Um, and I think it's really important that that is, can, that is um, driven um, and particularly from athletes within leadership positions as well. Um, I think it's got such a correlation with, um, you know, performance um, and then obviously overall well-being and development within the athletes as well. So um, I think it's really great if people within the, the support team um, can help drive that, but then those leadership positions um, that the athletes hold um, drive that as well. Yeah, because that's where my passion for athlete well-being comes in is is there is a lot of pressure to medal or to to succeed and win and win and win. And and I guess to a degree that is the whole point. But at the same time, it's still a human being there who's under that physical, mental and emotional pressure and, um, and maybe it's not their own pressure either. So it is important to kind of bring that well-being aspect into how we or how we I think even the media as well how we communicate with and about athletes and sports too is you know is that understanding and by having a sense of leadership then there's the element of once retirement happens you know they still have that feeling of purpose because being an elite athlete takes a lot of your time and energy a lot more than just a full-time job as well so yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I think so I think it's um I think to an extent it's everyone's responsibility um, and there, there is a shift in kind of how people see athlete wellbeing and the importance around them as a person and not just an athlete. Um, and I think, like I said, that is slowly being embedded into programs and, you know, hopefully soon enough that will just be kind of just a standard thing. You've got, you know, your, your physio and your strength conditioning and your, your nutrition and your, your athlete wellbeing. It's just, it's something that um, is really valued um, as a team, as an organisation, and then for individuals as well, um, because it is so important. And like you said, understanding what that their purpose is, um, you know, as a person, and especially when they transition out of sport, um, it's just it's just crucial. And I think if if people can help drive that, um, that is absolutely kind of I guess what leadership looks like too. Yeah, and then it helps them become or remain the leaders in in a healthier way because so many people look up to athletes like kids look up to their favorite athletes you know their favorite players or their favorite whoever um as their heroes so it gives them tools gives the athletes tools as well to kind of if they've had good leadership modeled for them then they can continue to grow their own sense of leadership and become even better leaders than maybe you know and have that groundedness around it yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is such a, like, such a reason why we do the work that we do around this athlete wellbeing and development, um, you know, making sure they are thriving, um, but then, yeah, developing those really transferable skills that will help them to, um, you know, act in leadership positions, but then also, yeah, pass that on to other people and um, have that be, be the norm um, and be those really well-rounded, um, thriving athletes and then people as they come out of that um, and showing that you know to the younger players and to the juniors that um, this is kind of this is how we do it and this is important and being able to then lead in that um, kind of well-being and development way as well as athlete performance and trying to get the most out of them on the field yeah yeah exactly 
Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mia. I really appreciate it. I loved having you on to share and to share your experience, but also um, I think we touched on there a little bit, like we sort of ended up talking about like the vision of where it could go as well. So yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks for having me, Jess. Sorry to go off track slightly. <laughs> I'm all about it. So it was <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Get Jashed. If you dig these conversations, please subscribe and share a review. If you want to know more about how you can dive deeper into these topics for yourself, head to j-lee.com.au forward slash courses. You can also follow me on Facebook and YouTube by searching j-leigh and Instagram at j underscore dot leigh to see the full videos of these episodes and keep up to date with what's going on in our world of communication, emotional intelligence and well-being.